All right. Thank you so much for loving on each other just for a couple minutes and because we really are um, incredibly glad that every one of you are here um, this morning. And, uh, and I'm uh, specifically very excited about today's uh, message and what we're going to sit with um, in God's presence here with his word today. So um, the series, Time, It's Not Too Late. So last week, we looked at an issue of time. We looked at our past. And we looked at the fact that your past is forgiven. It's redeemed. It's bought back. You're not just forgiven and have to continue to live in the pit, but he redeems your life from the pit back to himself, and then he renews it. He repairs your life. So I don't know, anybody else again really glad that your past is forgiven, redeemed, and repaired? I tell you, it's great news. How many of you needed that news this week? (laughs) You're sitting here today and you're like, Yeah, I'm really glad last week is forgiven and that it's redeemed and renewed. The past is always right there, right behind us. And so it's great news to know that it is never too late. It's never too late to start over. The illustration, I use this often, just even in my counseling with people, to give them encouragement. The illustration for me is every time I go golfing, which has been about once every year lately, but when you go golfing, You always aim at the pin. You have a desire for your life. You're going, I want to hit that green. I'm going to go for it. That's exactly where I hit. My my norm, my MO, is I hit it, and it heads at the pin, and then it goes over here. (laughs) And I end up in the rough. I end up in the woods. I end up in the water. It doesn't matter. Never where I intended to go. And then as soon as you hit that shot, it's your past. There's nothing you can do about it. No mulligans, actually, right? Wouldn't that be great if there were mulligans? I didn't even think about that. God could have made mulligans. Just try that again, right? He didn't do that. In life, as soon as you do something, you might find yourself over here. The beautiful thing about golf is that no matter where your ball ends up, you get a second shot. And that second shot, you aim right at the pin again. And we have to remember this, you guys, that in life, we have a God who always gives us another shot. Erwin McManus, who I'm going to quote a lot today because of a book that I read of his, he says, no matter what kind of life you've lived, no matter how many wrong choices you've made, the next moment is waiting to give birth to new life. That's good news. Now today, what we're going to talk about today is, will you take the shot? Will you take the shot? No matter where you are, all you've got is today, right? Mother Teresa put it this way. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today. Let us begin. It's a great quote. You know, it was so interesting, so I was looking up some quotes about the past and different things, and, and I found this one. It says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew 6, 34, and then it said, anonymous. Is that not, no, you're supposed to laugh. Do you guys catch that? I, I just thought that was so hilarious. Like, so here's a quote straight from Jesus Christ, and they had to put anonymous. Well, anonymous said something else. Um, 
Anonymous said that I came so that you would have life to the full, which we talked about just a little bit ago. And I, I, I just know this, you guys. The truth is, as human beings, there are very few of us who are actually living life to our full potential. So many of us are only living about a tenth of the deliciousness, as I heard Tim Hansel say, the deliciousness of being alive. A tenth of us, many of us are only using a tenth of our potential, a tenth of our life, a tenth of our gifts and our talents, a tenth of our intellect, a tenth of our passion. We're totally missing out. And Jesus says, I did not come so that you could live like 10% of your life. I came so you could live it to the full. So what we got to do, though, is we got to figure out then how do we take all we have, and that is right now. That's all you ever have. You're never guaranteed a tomorrow. Your past is already done. You have it right here. So look up on the screens, grab your phones, get out your Bibles. This is the passage we're going to unpack today. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 18. In lieu of this need today to seize what you have, even today you have this moment. How do we seize it? Here's what he says. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And don't be drunk with wine, because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, let's pray. Jesus, we're going to take you at your word to us that you came so that we could have life to the full, complete, everything. You say it. I want my joy in you and your joy to be complete. I'm going to give you my peace. You actually give us your Holy Spirit. You want us to live. And God, you've given us this dimension of time that we live in, and so we understand right now that we have moments, and we want to understand how to live them to the fullest, to make every to take the most out of every opportunity. Lord, I just pray right now that your word would be powerful, that your presence which is here, that your Holy Spirit would speak to each heart. Have your way with us, and we ask for it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here we go. If we're gonna seize the moment, if we're gonna live life to the full, the first thing that he says in Ephesians is he says you have to be wise. So be careful how you live, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So here's the question. How are you living? This is really important to understand. Be careful how you live, that is in the present tense. So what this verse is always saying is you gotta be careful about how you're living right now. Are you 10% today, 15, 27, 84, 100%? How are you living. Would you walk in here like if you were going to write that percentage down? In fact, that might be good. By the way, you all have paper in here, right? Everybody get paper and pens? You're going to need those today. You might want to even write down at the top corner your percentage. If you were going to if you're going to say this is my percentage of what I'm living, write that in your corner. And then what he says is, you have to be careful. It's interesting, these are two Greek words. The first word is blepo. And it means to see. And it, means, it, can even, it can mean to see physically with the eye, or it can mean to perceive with the mind, with the heart. 
But this word, there's another Greek word that means just to see something. Blepo means with great vividness. It means deep contemplation. It means fix your eyes on or your mind on something, weigh it carefully, and examine it. And then the second Greek word is akribos, which means exactly, accurately, and diligently. So here's what Paul's saying. Examine, look at, deeply, intently, diligently, accurately, your life. Take it serious how you're really living. And so, wise, if we're supposed to be wise, when you do that and you take a deep look, not a flippant look, but a deep one, he says then you should be wise. And if you're wise, it means you're forming the best plans and using the best means for their execution. You're, gonna, you're skilled, wise means you're skilled at living. Now here's what's interesting to me. There's an experience in life that I think causes almost all of us to do this, to deeply contemplate our life. We showed you a video this last week, it was one you got to share, go ahead. We're gonna show this video and then I'll continue on. I wonder when my mom will die. She's not. Did I really even know him? my dad, and I'm not even sure. How long do these things usually last? How, how am I gonna do this? Pay the bills, take care of the house. Never going to see Grandpa again? Never? Well, that's it. That was your life. Hope it was what you wanted. So when I was in my um, late 20s, <clears throat> I read um, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. How many, of you, how many of you read that book? Okay, all right, lots of you. Then you know what I'm trying to talk about here, but my guess is you probably didn't do it. Um, there was an exercise in that book where Covey said, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine yourself at a funeral. And then it's your turn to go up to the casket and you walk in and you look into the casket and it's you. You actually get to attend your own funeral. So, and then what he said is I want you to think through all of the different roles that you play in your life. So for me, as a husband, as a father, as a son, as a brother, as a friend, 
as a pastor, as a leader, you, you list as a neighbor, you just start listing all your roles. And then he said, now here's what you get to do. He goes, I want you to write down what those people say when they stand up at your own funeral. You get to write down what you want them to say. So when I thought about this today, I said, here's what I could do. I could go, hey, so when you're done here today, you go out today and this week, and I want you to do this exercise. And if I did that, how many of you would do it? Yeah, like, okay, one person went like this. So half of you would do it, all right? So here's what we're gonna do. I really want you to do it. So in your program is a half sheet of paper, and hopefully you have a pen, if you don't have one, if you did not get a program and you don't have a half sheet of paper or a pen, would you just raise your hand? And our connections team, I think, is they, are they in here to help us? Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, Carla, sorry about that. I, I, I thought we were, that's my bad. But here's what, here's what we're going to do. I actually want you to, to use this as an opportunity of worship to get to your heart to find out who you really want to be, okay? So, we're going to give you some time, and I want you to write down the two most important roles that you have in your life, and I want you to imagine those people getting up. So for me, my most important role would be a husband, and I would write down, take about a paragraph, and write down what Susie, what do I want Susie to say at my funeral? You guys all get this? Okay? This is what you need to do. So we're going to go ahead, and we're just going to put on some low music, and we're going to give you time. <laughs> Check that out. We're actually going to take time to help you to get to your real heart's desire about what you want your life to be. All right? So grab that sheet. Grab a pen. If you don't have one, raise your hand. We'll get you one. Take advantage of this exercise and get to your heart. Two people, get up at your funeral, give a speech, you get to write down what you want them to say. All right? Go ahead. Go for it. I just, I, I want to really encourage you. I really do believe that this can actually be one of the most profound exercises that you could ever really do. And I would encourage you to find an hour or two hours and when I did this, I did. I went through every role I had. And when I, here's what happened to me. When I got done and I looked and I read through every one of those speeches, I realized I'm not living that life. I am so caught up in so many things that I don't want anybody to even mention. I give so much of my time and so much of my energy and so much of my resource to stuff that doesn't matter at all. Anybody else do that? And here's what that exercise does, is you get done and it helps you to look diligently and deeply and intentionally into your life. It helps you to examine your life, to be careful about how you're living. And my guess is that many of you in this room right now, like myself, without even realizing it, you're not living well. <laughs> you're not being wise with your time. So man, if you have time later in the week to go through all of this, I really encourage you to do that. Because if we're gonna 
live life to the full and seize the moment. Number one, you have to be wise about what you're doing. Number two, you have to make a move. You have to make a move. Paul goes on to the next verse and he says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Now again, if we were gonna go right to the Greek, it says make the most of your time. The word there is just your time, and again, it's, it's, it's in the present tense. That means right now. Make the most of right now. Now what's so interesting, when I was reading through this passage back in verse 15, right, it says, when it says be careful, I actually think that one of the biggest mistakes that we make as human beings is we're living carefully. We're being careful, right? Now, I, this is funny, because this is one of Susie's phrases to me. When we first got married, she would say this to me all the time, and she still will, right? I'm heading out the door, and her last words are, to me are what? Be careful, right? Be careful. What are we saying when we tell someone be careful? Because again, this be careful is really different than look diligently and clearly examine your life. When we say be careful, we're saying don't get hurt. Don't risk. Don't step out. Don't do anything that might, now listen to this, catch yourself on this. Do you find yourself being so careful with your life because you don't want to do anything that might not work? You don't want to do anything where you could fail. You don't want to do anything that's too hard, that's outside your comfort zone. You don't want to do anything that's actually outside of your control. And so you're being really careful with your life. Really what you're saying is then, don't walk by faith. Be careful how you live. And here's what's so interesting, and again, in the, new, in the NIV, I, I, when, it says be, when it says to be careful how you live, it's a bummer because the word is actually, be careful how you walk. It's the word walk. And in the and New International Version, they always take the word walk and they turn it into live, and I just think it's a bad mistake. Because <laughs> I think what Paul was saying is, the faith is a walk. In other words, it's a step after a step after a step. In other words, it's a moment by moment by moment, and we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. But I'm telling you what, if you walk by faith, you're not in control. If you walk by faith, you can't see what's gonna happen. If you walk by faith, it's absolutely risky. So I just gotta ask you, in your life today, if you're gonna examine how you're living, are you being careful? Are you hesitating? Are you avoiding certain things? Are you withdrawing? Are you saying no to God in any way? Because you're afraid of what he might do, afraid of losing control. You're not wanna risk anything. You're gonna miss out on life to the full. And then next thing you know, you're living this 10% of your potential because you won't make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of your time. So here's what I'd love for you to do. If you could think back right now, Every one of us in this room, we all have some decision that you made in the moment. And it, since you made that decision, you have reaped benefits because you made that decision in the moment for years, right? Y'all have some decisions like that? I've shared this one for me. The, the best decision I ever made 
is I, I met Susie in New Mexico at a conference. And she lived in Montana, and I lived in Southern California. And my buddy said, man, too bad she's so across the country. And I said, me too. But when I would spend time with God, I kept feeling these promptings to contact her. So I actually seized the moment. I stepped out by faith, and I called Susie, and I get an answer machine. And she says, hey, this is Suze. I'm not here right now. Leave me your name and your number. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. If this is Dougie, I'll call you later. And I went, who's Dougie? Punk. <laughs> and in the moment, I decided to chicken out. The next day, I'm having my time with God, and all I could feel was like, find out who Dougie is. <laughs> and the best decision I ever made in the moment was not being afraid of Dougie. <laughs> and I stepped out in faith and I called Suze. And my whole life is different. Do you guys get how this works? My whole life is different because I seized that one moment. Some of you, yes, you seized other moments and your life has been spiraling ever since. But I want to tell you, often, when I look back at my life, I wonder how many decisions did I not make? When did I let fear or selfishness or busyness rob me, give me an excuse or a justification for not saying yes when I felt prompted to do something? Opportunities lost and we'll never know what could have been because we hesitate and we avoid and we withdraw. Erwin McManus says this, he goes, we have put so much emphasis on avoiding evil that we have become virtually blind to the endless opportunities for doing good. We have defined holiness through what we separate ourselves from rather than what we give ourselves to. I am convinced the great tragedy is not the sins that we commit, but the life that we fail to live. Seize the moment. In his book, he says this, moments are like atoms. This is so interesting. One of the Greek words that we get the, mom the word moment from in our English is the Greek word atomos, right? So it's the same word where you get atom from. The smallest union, unit, I'm sorry, of an element. There's endless numbers of atoms, right? How many atoms are in this room? <laughs> We can't even count them. But the same thing's true about moments. They just come and they, they go and they seem so small. And yet, within every atom is the atomic. The amount of power inside the nuclei of an atom. Look this up on the web, so it must be true. Nuclear fission is a nuclear reaction in which the nucleus of an atom splits into smaller parts and releases a very large amount of energy. We know how much energy, don't we? And so what he was saying is, we need to understand that as much power is inside a little atom, the same amount of power is inside a moment. Within the moment, so within a physical atom, is the atomic, but within a moment, is the supernatural. And this is what we understand. He says, when you seize a divine moment, you instigate an atomic reaction, you become a human catalyst 
creating a divine impact. And this is so true, you guys. This was Jesus Christ. He was wisdom. He had all the wisdom. He made the most of every opportunity. And here's how we know this. He taught us that God is all, God, with all power, is always at work. Always, right now, in this moment. He's working in you. He's working in me. And then Jesus said this. The world must learn, I love the Father, and I do exactly what he tells me to do. No, I'm sorry. Exactly what he commands me to do. I love the Father, and I do exactly what he commands me to do. See, so Jesus, the reason his life, and isn't this true? Jesus Christ was always in line perfectly with his Father always doing whatever his father was doing so the supernatural work of God was fully engaged in by Christ. And because of that, was his life powerful? See, we are experiencing the reverberation of Jesus Christ who lived on the planet for 33 years, over 2,000 years later, all around the nation, around the world, we're still experiencing the life of Christ. And so what we need to understand is this. Make a move. Make the most of every opportunity. And here's what we understand, is that in 1 John he says, if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him, and this is how we are in him, so that we're supernatural. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. You guys, and for those of us who've received Christ, the Holy Spirit is inside of us to help us walk like Jesus walked. To help us to say no to our flesh and to stuff of this world and to say yes to God. And every time you or I say yes to God, we get in step with him and his stuff happens. And next thing you know, it's a divine moment with ripples way beyond things you'll ever know or ever see. So what move do we make? How do we walk in him? How can you and I seize this divine moment? Paul goes on to say this, you gotta move in God's will. Ephesians 5, 17 says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord's will is. So many times we'll hear, you know, we'll all say this, I just, I just don't know what God wants me to do. Here's the great news. There is plenty of his will that we already know, plenty. In fact, we could spend, the Holy Spirit could never actually prompt you to do something, and you could spend the whole rest of your life just doing what he has already revealed, and it would be enough. So, part of this is, what, what this whole series we went through, let's make a big deal. See, because what we realize is God has made it very clear, his will, Here's what you need to do. Do you want to be in line with Christ so that your life is making a divine, supernatural moment? Then he says, then know what his will is and do it. And so, let's make a big deal. That's all we did, right, As we went through it. That's just God's will. He makes it very clear. It's his will for you to return back to him what belongs to him, <laughs> to not rob him, but give back the first fruits of what you receive and give it back to God. And as soon as you do that, you step into his will. 
and he starts moving powerfully in your life. And if you don't do that, then you, step out, you stay outside. And then we said it is God's will for everyone to be reconciled to him and for the church to be the ambassadors. It is God's will for every single one of you in this room to be reconciled back to God, to say yes to him, to receive him. And for those of us who are in this church, if you're a Christian, the only way that anybody in this world can find out the good news about Jesus is us. So if we're never sharing our faith, if we're never letting anybody else know, then we can know this, I'm not in God's will. And so if we're stepping outside, okay, we're not experiencing the fullness of life. And as soon as you say yes to God and he prompts you to, to, to meet with somebody, to talk to somebody over coffee, to share something about your faith, boom, you step in line and God's stuff gets done. It's his will for you to be merciful. Every time you give a glass of cold water, give somebody a meal, see a need that you can meet and meet it, you step into God's will and his stuff happens. It is God's will for us to love one another, right? To love one another. And if we don't, if we say, I'm gonna stay separate from somebody else, then you stay outside of God's will and his stuff doesn't get done. And every time you take him by his word and you forgive and you accept and you go into the tunnel of chaos together with grace and truth, you walk into God, you're inside of him and God stuff happens. You know what's crazy, you guys? How many of you wanna see miracles? Anybody wanna see God do like something super duper? Okay, well, I don't know, all right. <laughs> no, no, I mean, wouldn't it be so cool that you live such a life that I would live such a life that we'd see God stuff happen. But we don't want to put ourselves in position to have to trust him. And here's what I realize, you guys, is people say all the time, how do I hear God's voice? Here's what I know. His eyes are roaming the earth, looking for those whose hearts are his. This morning, in this auditorium, his eyes are roaming this auditorium, to look for those whose hearts are his so that he can strengthen them with his power. How does God know if your heart is his? He simply says, if you love me, you do what I tell you to do. So if he looks at you today and he goes, I've been telling you week after week over and over again, return to me what is mine. No. Okay. Got it. Every week he looks at you and he says, I'm asking you to be merciful, to see those who are in need. I've resourced you to care for other people. If you say, no. Week after week, I'm telling you, reconcile with your brother, with your sister. Forgive them as I've forgiven you. Accept them as I've accepted you. You guys, if we say no, and then we wonder, why doesn't God speak to me? Why don't I feel God's leadings? I can tell you this, man, his eyes are Roman for those whose hearts are his. And then when he sees that you're somebody who actually takes him at his word and you do what he says, guess what he does? He looks and goes, that's somebody who listens. And then he starts speaking. And then he starts moving. Because you're walking, you're being careful how you live, and you're being wise. 
You're making the most of of your time. And God is looking for those who do that. Make the most of your time, you guys. Move in his will. Do one thing today that you know he's already made clear. You don't need to be led by his spirit. It's black and white from his book. Whatever he has told you, if you know you're not doing it, do it and you'll step into him and you will experience his power. Be wise. Make a move. Move in his will. And here's the last one, Paul says. And if you really, (laughs) if you really want to seize the moment and live in the power of God, then you move in his spirit. Move in God's spirit. Ephesians 5.18, he says, don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the spirit. In Romans chapter eight, Paul says, those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Can I just ask you this, man? Are you deeply, diligently, accurately looking at your life? And when you do, are you being wise? And saying, I'm gonna understand what God's will is. I'm gonna make the most of every opportunity. I'm gonna move in his will. And then here's it, will you be filled with his spirit? The same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is living inside you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? See, let me see you guys, this is my challenge, my challenge. What kind of life am I living? What kind of divine moments, atomic spiritual power? What kind of ripples is my life leading? And here's what I know, man. Every time, in every time that God prompts me and I do what he says, and here's what's crazy, I almost never see the work it does. But I know this, he said, when you move, In me, I move. And when God moves, supernatural divine stuff takes place. I don't have time to get into the depth of the story. I've shared it here before. One of the only reasons I'm standing on this stage today is because 20 years ago, when I was ready to quit ministry, because all I saw was, I gotta say the right word, stink at what I'm doing. And it was that morning when I was literally ready to hand in my resignation that a guy, a gal named Karen was driving down the road and she gave me a call and said, Dave, you got time for me to stop in real quick? And I said, sure. And I knew she was friends with my roommate who I was having struggles with and I'm like, I'm sure she's gonna tell me how I'm ruining his life too. Might as well just pile it on, confirm what I'm feeling. She walks into my office and she says, Dave, two years ago, You gave a message and you said this one thing. God used that to completely change my life. And now I have changed my careers. I'm doing what God created me to do. She goes, you know what, for two years, I thought I should tell you this. And she said, today, while I was driving down the freeway, he said to me, tell him today. You guys, the spirit is moving. And because Karen came in and told me that one thing that I needed to hear that day, how many times has he put somebody on your heart? You guys, can you think about this? You know what I'm trying to learn? 
is when I'm having my time with God and I'm in prayer, I'm trying to learn that I also need to have my phone right by me. And that when he lays somebody on my heart to pray for him immediately and send him a text and just send him a text. And you know what's crazy? How many times I'll send that text and I'll get something back and people will say, how did you know I needed that right then? It's crazy. God is moving all the time. Start doing what he's asking you to do. Mother Teresa again, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today. Let us begin. Let us begin. Here's one last thing that I would love to ask you to do. And I may just ask you to do this at home. But here's what I would love. I would love for you to keep that piece of paper that you started writing, maybe your spouse, your kids, your friends, whoever. The last thing I did is I imagined me sitting at my funeral and then Jesus Christ got up. And he got to speak at my funeral. What do you want Jesus to say at your funeral? The one who knows you, everything about you, who loves you desperately and deeply and unconditionally. I tell you what, man, you sit down and you write what Jesus Christ says at your funeral, you'll realize if you're seizing the moment. You guys, I say this phrase to myself all the time. I can't change yesterday. I can't control tomorrow. But I can be faithful today. And that's a nice little quippy phrase. But when I really sit with it and believe it with all my heart, it not only brings me peace, it brings me hope, but it also brings me resolve to say today, this day that he's given me, I'm gonna seize the moment. Can I encourage you with all my being? He said, make the most of every opportunity because these days are evil. You guys, there's so much pain. There's so much hurt. There's so much suffering. There's so much need in this world. And when Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, what he's saying is the kingdom is when God calls the shots and people who have entered the kingdom say, I'm all in and I do whatever he wants me to do. Guess what happens? His will is done. And there is atomic supernatural power sitting in this room right now today. And if you will do his will and follow his spirit this morning, walk out of here and take one step of faith, you will be in Christ. And Christ will be in you and his stuff will get done. All right, band, come on up, let's pray. God, it's, 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 it's unbelievable to me. It's so beyond my ability to even begin to imagine what you could do with one life. It's like D.L. Moody said, the world has yet to see one man completely recklessly abandoned to God. I'm gonna be that man. 
Lord, would you move in this room right now and speak to every one of us deeply with conviction, with the Holy Spirit, and with power. And help us to know the step of faith. Help us to make the most of our time, to be careful how we walk, to be ready to say yes to you with all of our being, to watch heaven come to earth through the church. Yes, Lord, I just want to say yes to you who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to your power at work within us. Now to you be glory in the church. That's us. Jesus, please, man, move in us. Make us a place of power, supernatural, divine stuff getting done and people in this world getting a taste and see that God is alive and he's well and he's good. And we ask for your grace to do that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's do it, you guys. So here we are. We're going to worship. Okay? Now, if you're new to the whole Christian thing, this is not just singing songs. We never just sing songs. God gave us a gift of music because music has words which can help us in our minds, but he gave it also music goes to the heart and the soul. And somehow it connects your heart and your soul to the truth you're going to say, and it helps move your will to do what God wants you to do. So we're going to give you a chance to worship. And our greeters are here because we're going to worship him. Seize the moment right now. Here's your chance to seize the moment and to understand that the Lord's will is for me to return back to him what's his, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to get in line with him. I'm going to trust what he says. I'm going to make the most of this opportunity. I'm going to understand his will, and I'm going to respond to him. And you watch, man, what God does in your heart. So let's stand together. Let's worship him with our offerings. Let's worship him with our hearts. And let's determine to be people who are going to see heaven come on earth and his will be done. Let's do it.